Hello and welcome to Across the Acres, a Bex Hybrids podcast, where our goal is to connect, challenge, and inspire each and every one of you by interviewing others who maybe have a story to share or an inspiring message to bring to our attention. My name is David Ringer, and today I am joined with my co-host, Carly Fry, and our producer, otherwise known as the master of all ceremonies, Morgan Fitch. Everyone, how are we doing today? Well, we're, we're here. We're recording the podcast across the acres, so we are good to go. Yeah. And good. this is our inaugural journey, Morgan. Are it you is. prepared? I am. Okay. You feel like you understand the stuff in front of you? Uh, let's hope so. If not, this could be something that goes <laughs> awry quickly. <laughs> but for our listeners, we want to be sure that you're aware. Uh, why are we even doing a podcast with Bex Hybrids? We want to provide a platform, yes, to connect, challenge, and inspire others. But there are so many people whom have a unique message or story. We want to give them the opportunity to share that with you and inspire you and motivate us, all of us. We all need a little bit of inspiration and motivation. That's the goal of this podcast. And to peel back the curtains and, and kind of give you an inside peek into who the people of Bex are, whether that's our customers, dealers, employees, any way that's connected to us as an organization. Absolutely. We're about transparency as an organization, and, and so this is just another way we're going to do that. And to kick off our podcast series, we have today with us Corey Beck. He is the oldest son of Scott and Chantel Beck. He is also our licensing lead. Ooh. What in the world does that mean? Does that mean you give us the keys to the kingdom? Absolutely, it does. <laughs> Good. That's really the only reason we're having <laughs> you yep. here today. We're trying yep. to bribe you. You just want my keys, huh? We, just we want, want your keys. keys. Mm-hmm. That's the okay. goal. So, well, licensing lead... Uh, basically, I serve as kind of a facilitator between the Beck leadership team and the leadership teams at other organizations uh, that we do business with. So trait and genetic suppliers uh, do a lot of contract negotiation, work with our product team uh, often, uh, get involved in our pricing. And so that's kind of just the general scope is kind of a facilitator, kind of, a, kind of an implementer on the pricing side, uh, a little bit of both. You're also a relationship guy then because you're dealing with a lot of people. So yeah, supplier relationships are critical to our business. Uh, we've we've definitely made that one of our strategic capabilities here. And so part of my job then too is to make sure that we are interacting positively with those who we do business with. Absolutely. I would say that amongst all vexed people is it's yes. all about relationships. Like we do life together. Um, so all of our relationships are important. It's the Bex experience more than it is a Bex product. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of relationships, you have a relatively new lovely bride. Tell us about this. Yes, we've been married a year and a half. Uh, Erica is her name. Uh, we live in Westfield, both Purdue grads. And so Ugh. we are a Purdue Ugh. household. And, Terrible. and Carly, you can just get over I know, it. I know, I'll just crawl <laughs> under the table. But uh, yeah, we got a lot of Purdue people around here. And, and my wife and I are included in that. Uh, we're both avid sports people. Uh, I was involved with the Purdue football team as an undergrad. She played softball at Purdue. So we kind of have the Purdue connection and the sports connection. What's your favorite sport? Football. Football. Okay. What would hers be? What would she say she likes the most? Softball. Softball. Even to watch or is that play too? Uh, She really likes watching Purdue basketball. Ah, So I might rank Purdue basketball ahead of of watching softball. Okay. Okay. Seems fair. All right. So. So obviously you are part of the Beck family. Obviously we all are part of the Beck family in some way, shape or form, but you are, you are a Beck. So what would you say your background is? You know, what, walk us through what life is like as Corey Beck. Sure. Well, I grew up here in Atlanta, (laughs) Indiana, no surprise to anybody. 
Um, but but in addition to to growing up here, I like to say I, I grew up outside. I grew up playing sports. I kind of just got the small town feel. Um, this is where I grew up and and got to interact with uh, not only obviously the Beck family, my family, but the family of employees here. And that was actually one of the reasons why I uh, decided to come back and work for the business is not only the family dynamic in terms of close family, uh, but also the people that I got to grow up with around here that are still working here that, that I looked up to that have been here for 20 years or 25 years, uh, was a pretty cool thing to come back to. And so, uh, you know, in addition to what I said, growing up here outside playing sports, all of that, uh, I also say that I grew up at Purdue. Uh, so we've already talked about, uh, about Purdue some, but, uh, there were a lot of Saturdays or Sundays that I spent, uh, in Mackey Arena or in Ross Aid Stadium watching Purdue sports. And so um, as I was finishing up high school and, you know, I got the question often, well, do you have a choice of where you're going to go to school? And, I, you know, I did have a choice, but the choice was easy for me. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, I went to Purdue. Uh, did you apply anywhere else? I applied uh, one other school. So okay. I've talked about my my football passion too. And so I was kind of toying with the idea of playing football in college. And so, uh, I also applied at Olivet Nazarene university oh, yeah. uh, in Bourbon, Illinois, um, but decided, you know, as a five ten, hundred 160 pound quarterback who doesn't run a four, four, uh, then mm. I was not going to be very successful <laughs> no. kind of playing major college football. So yeah, good decision. What's your favorite memory of, of growing up, right? Whether that's like with the Beck family or with the Beck family of employees, like what do you remember most or what's that one moment that maybe stuck out to you um, in, in growing up? Boy, just to name one, that's pretty tough. Yeah. Um, I would say it, it is the time that I got to spend with family. Um, and so, you know, I've got four siblings, um, obviously Sonny and Glenda, my grandparents live around here, but also cousins that I uh, grew up with around here or, or Tony and Tracy in Illinois and their five girls, the times that we would uh, spend either together here in Indiana or every summer we would take uh, a trip to Dale Hollow Lake. And so we'd get a houseboat or two uh, and just enjoy that time together. So those are probably the things that I remember most. So, so why the, why the family business, right? Like you, you, like you said, you applied to two colleges, right? And then you go to Purdue and, and you spend your time there. So, so why the family business? What drew you back to that? What keeps you here? Um, what do you enjoy most about working as a part of the family business? Um, so, it, so it's the family aspect. I already mentioned that. But uh, when I first graduated from Purdue, I actually took a job uh, at Duke University and lived in North Carolina. And that was uh, as the assistant quarterbacks coach there. And so I did that for a year. And Daniel Jones, correct? Correct. Okay. That's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah. Not so. all of us have had influence over NFL quarterbacks. <laughs> I mean, Morgan has. Yeah, of course. Several, several quarterbacks have come to Morgan for advice. Ben Roethlisberger, I'm sure, is one of them. <laughs> Peyton Manning. Peyton I mean, Manning, most certainly. Uh, absolutely. But I, I think I'll highlight again that I was the assistant quarterbacks coach. <laughs> And I think Daniel taught me a lot more than I ever taught him. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. But yeah, so I, I went and did that for a year. Um, and and there's a lot of things that I really loved about coaching college football. There were other things that I didn't love about it. And so 
Uh, what I missed was the family atmosphere uh, and and the dynamic of, uh, you know, I'd, I'd tell people that uh, a lot of the, the coaches on the staff there at Duke, uh, you know, they might go to church on Sunday morning. And if they had young kids, they wouldn't see their kids until Wednesday night, maybe, if Ooh, their kids my. were so awake. And so that's kind of the dynamic of college football or the NFL that differs from what I grew up with around here. Uh, I grew up around a family that works really hard, um, but that didn't mean that they wouldn't get to see me. It just meant that they might stay up a little bit later or wake up a little earlier the next day. And so at the time, I was not dating Erica. I uh, didn't have necessarily any any roots outside of, of Atlanta here. And so I just made the decision that I think for my future, that's probably not what I want. And so I came back here uh, to work for the family business, to work alongside a lot of the people that I grew up around, like I mentioned earlier. And then it's kind of that, that passion or that purpose that I have to continue the culture that exists here and make sure that, that uh, Bex remains a place where uh, people enjoy coming to work and where they know that their work matters. Absolutely. Yep. How would you define passion? So you said passion a lot, right? And so what does passion look like, feel like, act like for you? Sure. So I would say, I would say passion is not necessarily the dynamic uh, personality that, that is yelling or, or really exciting or just, you know, incredibly engaging to listen to that, that can exist, that, that can be a definition of passion. But to me, passion is really you, know, you can tell when somebody wants to be somewhere or when they don't. And so uh, I would say a passionate person, you don't have to ask the question of whether they want to be somewhere. Absolutely. We invited you here today in part to tell your story, yes, but also to speak on leadership. In a general sense, what's leadership mean to you? So I would, I would best define leadership with the word authenticity. And Good word. And so I see an authentic leader is, is somebody who decides to start something or be involved in something for a certain set of reasons. Uh, and then they're honest about those reasons. And so an example would be, you know, David, you could start something, you could start a business or you could get involved in an organization. And then you just say, look, this is what I'm doing and here's why I'm doing it. And I can look at you and say, you know what, I, I'm not really passionate about that or I actually don't agree with that point and I don't think I want to be involved in that. And then Carly might look at it and say, you know what? I really care about that. And I want to be a part of that. And those are both two good answers. Um, And so what it allows that leader to do is to not only communicate his or her vision, but then attract the right talent and the right people that want to be there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Growing people are connected people. I think that was one of our state of the companies. That's right. Your dad, Scott mentioned that and it's absolutely true. Specifically for you, do you have an example of a leader that was easy for you to follow? Someone that you were passionate and said, "Yes, that's that's my guy or my gal." Yeah, so I would I would probably mention a friend of mine. Um, so you already mentioned Daniel Jones. I'll mention another NFL quarterback uh, that I got to spend some time with, and that would be David Blau. So so David was at Purdue uh, when I was there, <clears throat> and uh, so we got to spend a lot of time together. Um, and became good friends, but he is, he is one of the best leaders because you know exactly what he stands for. Uh, and he, he is very steadfast in his faith. Uh, he is incredibly passionate about what he does, 
but I don't think I think if you polled everybody on that Purdue team that that he was a part of, I don't think there's a single person that would say, "Yeah, I'd, I don't want to follow him." If you had to pick one characteristic of leadership that you want to exemplify, and yes, we will hold you to this over the next <laughs> what thirty years, probably. I mean, accountability, accountability is one of our leadership competencies. That's that right. Is, so attitudes and actions in play. Pick a singular characteristic that, yes, I want to be this type of leader. Uh, I, I would say I would say I would want to be ambitious, but focused in my ambition. And so um, personally, I think it's, it's really important for me to be willing to take risk, calculated risk, um, to take leaps of faith, uh, to step out there and try new things. But... Uh, it's also important for me to make sure that that those steps and decisions that I might take that they're focused on the right things. Uh, and so, as as a man of faith, I would want to make sure that everything that I'm doing uh, brings glory to God. And so, I would I would want to be ambitious, and I want other people to see that. Okay, Corey is willing to step out and take a chance on something, uh, but then they would they would also see uh, kind of the why behind it. A lot of people wouldn't necessarily connect that word with Christ as a leader, but when you think back, feeding 5,000 people with a handful of loaves and, and fishes, mm-hmm. it's pretty ambitious. And uh, so absolutely, that's a wonderful characteristic. So we talk a lot about legacy within our organization, um, just because we've been around for, for so long. And um, your great-grandfather, your grandfather, your father, and now you, right? So there's this legacy trend here. So what legacy do you hope to leave, whether that's as a leader, um, as a husband, as an employee, as Corey Beck? What, what, is your, what is your legacy or what is the one thing that you would like to leave? So, so legacy, when I, that's a really difficult uh, thing <laughs> to think spot. about. Um, usually when I think of legacy, my first thought is, okay, 100 years from now, what does somebody... Uh, what are they going to say about me? Who do they think I was? Was I a good person? Was I a bad person? How are they going to define me? That becomes overwhelming pretty quickly when I think about legacy. Absolutely. So, but as I, I, I need to remind myself then that legacy is really just a, a collection of what you do every day. And so, um, as I think about what I can do every day, uh, to leave a, a legacy eventually a hundred years from now, it would be that focused ambition that I talked about. Another aspect that I've kind of defined for myself is this concept of vulnerable generosity. And so uh, most people would define generosity as, you know, okay, volunteering your time or your finances. And, and the answer is yes to both of those. Uh, I would want those to, to be, I would want to exhibit those things. But then I would also want to be vulnerable and generous with my thoughts uh, and my emotions. I think that makes the team better. Uh, so I, personally, I have a tendency if if I haven't created the perfect thought in my mind and, and checked all the boxes and made sure that everything's going to line up in the end, then I, I will hesitate to share it. Uh, but I think that's not the right thing. I think it's important for me to go ahead and share things early and get feedback from other people and and recognize that it's okay to be wrong. And so the the generosity, the vulnerability is important to me. And then the other thing would just be what I call faithful optimism. And so uh, 
it, I think most people would recognize it's it's important to be positive and and hope for the best. And so I want to be that positive person, uh, but also recognize who's in control. And so that's where the faithful piece comes from. Uh, and so I would you know, I would want to live my life in a way that's kind of exemplifies um, that commitment to the Lord. And then that understanding that that God works for those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Absolutely, Romans eight twenty eight. That's one to you live nailed by, it, David. Yeah, yeah. the uh, you said something pretty key there. A wise man once told me that a legacy is not what's left on an epitaph or a tombstone, but rather how everyone feels the moment you leave the room. Ooh, and I think you nailed that. It's it's a collection of our everyday experience. So um, I went on a retreat recently. And I saw this and I took a picture of it and it says motto to live by life should not be a journey to the grave with intentions of arriving safely in an attractive, well-preserved body, but rather to skid in sideways, chocolate in one hand, a latte in the other body thoroughly used up, totally worn out, screaming, woohoo, what a ride. And that's what I think of as you were talking was like, you know, what is that legacy? What do we want to live? And just be fully used up in, in our faith and, and how we live out our life. So kind of going off that thread of legacy, right? What do you want the legacy of Bex hybrids to be? Well, I kind of mentioned it earlier when I talked about, I want you know people to be able to come to work here and enjoy what they do. Um, but then the other aspect of that uh, is I want, I want people to also recognize that when they come to work here, that, what they have is an opportunity to serve other people. And so I would want um, Bex to be a place where uh, the, the foremost thought on people's minds is how can I serve somebody else today? Absolutely. That servant attitude. And I think that's another, we talk about these leadership competencies, right? And they keep coming out of the woodworks and makes my heart happy. But I think about servant attitude as one of our, our leadership competencies and being a leader here, everybody's a leader, right? I joke in onboarding, you get promoted. So everybody's a leader. You're a leader of yourself. And so you get to serve in that wonderful way. I think before we go any farther, it's important to inform our listeners that Carly is our talent development lead. So there's a bent that oh, yes, way. Absolutely. That's where my, yes. Uh, Bethany likes to use the quote, right? Um, whatever fills your heart spills. And so, spills. and so I live by that motto. So That's this right. is like my happy place. Um, what, whose legacy would you recommend we consider or like, who should we think about, um, when we're thinking about a legacy, who's, who's someone that comes to mind? I'll probably leave you with two people. Okay. Um, the first would be uh, a guy that I'm studying right now quite a bit. Um, and, and so that's the 23rd president of the United States, Benjamin Harrison. So I'm a little bit of a history guy. And so if that bores you, just maybe he's fast an forward Indiana for guy seconds. too, right? Yes. <clears throat> so, so Benjamin Harrison, um, he was the 23rd president, uh, but he comes from a, a family of pretty defined expectations and roles. So his dad was a, was a U.S. congressman. His grandfather was the ninth president and his great grandfather signed the Declaration of Independence and they were military men. And so as the, that fourth generation, uh, he had a lot of both familial expectations and then outside influences on his life. Um, and so he's somebody that I've found that uh, learned to manage those expectations really well. 
while also spending time defining what he wanted his life to be and who he wanted to be with his wife and his family. And so uh, I'm, I'm learning to really respect uh, Benjamin Harrison, uh, and hopefully I continue to, to gain insights from him. And then the, the other person would be, I would just bring it back to football and, and say Tony Dungy, mm. um, you know, the, the coach for the Colts and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers before that. But that's a guy who has experienced the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. Uh, you know, he's, he's a Super Bowl winning coach. Uh, he's, he's lost a child uh, and kind of everything in between. But, but I've used the word earlier, you know, steadfast. He's remained steadfast in his faith. Uh, he's got a vision uh, he continues to, to, to lead and serve. Um, got a chance to, to meet him a couple of years ago, and we talked about uh, what, everything that he's doing with some of his organizations, Family First and All Pro Dad. Uh, he and his wife have adopted several kids in the Tampa Bay area. So that's just a guy that, that uh, I admire a lot. He's got that servant attitude you were talking about earlier. Absolutely. You have often given me good book recommendations, audio, because I don't read. Uh, would you have a book recommendation for our listening audience? I would recommend a, a book that I read recently, Never Split the Difference by Chris Foss. That's a book that uh, uh, it, it kind of illustrates the idea that our lives, uh, we spend every day negotiating. Um, so negotiating with, with people, um, basically everything that you do, you're deciding whether, you know, how important something is or what value do you place on something. And so it kind of puts all of those conversations in perspective. Um, and particularly as I think about my role and, and the things that I get involved with sometimes from uh, a contract negotiation standpoint or supplier relationships or other relationships within the business, uh, understanding how to negotiate every day uh, and a positive outcome uh, for for not only yourself, but the people around you. So I thought it was really valuable. So we should have negotiated the keys to the kingdom. We should have. Yeah. We failed. We failed. Yeah. At M- that. Missed opportunity. Yeah, I even read the book. That's the oh. one book I've read beyond the Bible. Um, quick question, though. Last negotiation with Erica, your wife, did she win or did you? Or did you both win? Or what? And what did you negotiate? Ah, uh, boy, I don't know. Maybe we can't even say over the year. Or dinner date, maybe? Is yeah, that a negotiation? So, so, well, actually, I mean, it, it kind of is, but right now we're doing this thing where we're trying, every time we go on a date, we try a new restaurant. And so it's, it's not as like, oh, I love this one and, and you love that one. And so, you know, who's are we going to go to? We're actually trying something different every time. So what's one that you would recommend though, that you guys have been to and you're like, oh, that's so good. Well, we love bongies. We've been there a few times now, um, but we, we hadn't been there together, like on a date. Ooh. Um, until I guess it was a little while ago. What'd you get? Did you get the Harger's duck? Yes, I get the Harger duck Ooh. basically exclusively. Ah. Um, it's and good stuff. It's good stuff. Okay. Erica is all about the Perkinsville pork. Mm. Okay. Also a good recommendation. We're going to close our podcasts each time with something we're calling the fun five. I'm just going to give you five quick questions. Don't ponder them too long, which I know is a little unfair given your personality. But this is going to be rapid-fire responses and uh, no wrong answer here except for if it's wrong. Favorite color? Blue. Seafood or bar food? Bar. Basketball or baseball? Basketball. Run or sleep? Sleep. And then home or away? 
away. Okay. Why away? Ooh, yeah. We just like to be busy. I mean, so not when I say away, I don't mean away from my wife. That, that, that <laughs> good, good answer. Good. good answer. I need to clarify that. Yeah. Make uh, sure to put that one in the podcast, uh, yes, Morgan. That's Morgan. important. It, it's more like away doing things together. So we love to go to, to sports events. We love to go to, to concerts or go to dinner or meet friends somewhere, uh, go to, to church, small group, whatever it is. We just like to, to be on the go. Very good. Well, thank you for joining us today, Corey. Thank you for having me. It has been a real pleasure to have all of you with us today. Please join us next time on Across the Acres, where our goal is to connect, challenge, and inspire. We ask that you share your thoughts on people and topics for future podcasts. Reach out to us via email at edu at bexhybrids.com. That's edu, short for education, at bexhybrids.com. You can also follow us on all social media platforms, including We Are Bex. But until next time, we will catch you across the acres. <laughs>